What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Something's Up with Steven. I'm Steven Michael Faber, and thank you for joining. Uh, I've had some crazy stuff happen the last few days, uh, the good and the bad. Uh, pretty somber here in West Fort Worth. Uh, we had a church shooting here at the West Freeway Church of God, and uh, it was actually live-streamed, like, a lot of people saw this go down. Um, there was uh, two killed. Um, the shooter was killed actually by a parishioner um, there because here in Texas now um, a lot of the churches have armed security there because of what happened uh, down south. Um, I can't remember the name of the town. I do believe it's Sulphur Springs uh, where one happened uh, uh, earlier this year. And that one was pretty bad. Uh, this one um, equally as bad. Um, my heart goes out to my community. And to uh, those of you listening, um, there is a serious conversation that I recorded earlier um, and put, put it up on YouTube as well um, about the state of our union here in our country and um, what we need to do. And there's, I mean, it's, I don't have answers. I only have questions, like I said earlier, but, um, boils down to is just, we all need to unite and enforce change. So, um, anything that you can do to, uh, help the victims, um, families, uh, in this time of need, uh, please, I urge you to do so. Um, I'll be doing the same, uh, but my heart goes out to you guys and, we're going to stay, uh, I mean, pretty cliche, but Fort Worth strong. We're not going to let this define us, and we're going to move forward and use this as a segue into some positive change. Um, how's your guys' this week going? Man, work's still kicking my butt. It's slowing down, though. Um, that's pretty nice. Uh, what else I got going on? Uh been doing some some other cool stuff Been making some funny videos check out the uh youtube page it's coming out with uh some new ideas still excited that beast mode is back um showing these young whippersnappers uh what uh being a savage in the pocket's all about so excited for that i know never not everybody's a seahawks fan but Crap, I watched them lose for 20 years, you know. I'm a true diehard fan from uh, Northern Washington. And uh, always will be. I'm not a bandwagoner, like some people like to claim I am. As soon as that conversation comes up about being a Seahawks fan, oh, you jumped on the bandwagon when they started winning like everybody else. No, motherfucker, I'm from Seattle. I like from the Steve Largent days, you know what I'm saying? Like... Uh, how many people remember Warren Moon? I mean, he even sucked it up for Seattle. I mean, and I mean, sucked it up. Kurt Warner, I mean, the only quarterback in history to throw a football behind him more times than he had uh, receptions. <laughs> Just, uh, yeah, great stuff. We had some great players, though. I mean, we had the Boz. Uh, Brian Bosworth was one of my heroes as a kid. I mean, just a gigantic dude that looked like, uh, oh, what's that guy's name? Um, oh, man, he was in Rocky and all that. Dolph Lundgren. Just a gigantic dude. 
And speaking of Dolph Lundgren, have you seen pictures of him lately? Or, uh, or better yet, there's uh, um, it's a video called Dol uh, "Life Has Not Been Good to Dolph Lundgren," and it's it's pretty hilarious. The guy is still, I mean, he's jacked. He's just a gigantic dude. I believe he's Dutch or or German. I'm not exactly sure, but. Always one of my favorites from back in the day, too. I was like, oh, I'm going to be yoked like that guy. Just, you know, gigantic and huge. And then um, one of my friends told me, if you're going to be huge like that, you got to do steroids and you got to stick yourself in the butt with needles. And I'm afraid of needles, people. So, yeah, it wasn't going to happen. Saving grace with being a heroin addict, too. I only uh, smoked it, so never put any kind of crap in my veins because like you start getting near me with a needle I am gonna fall over so don't like it and don't mind like when I've had my blood taken and stuff and it doesn't bother me that it's happening but I cannot watch you know there's people that have that uh um the I don't, it's not a stigma it's an ailment when they see themselves bleed they literally pass out or start hyperventilating and it's if I'm watching it's almost the same thing for me um, I become very dizzy and disoriented and just don't even want to believe it's happening. So, you know, some crazy doctor, like, uh, gave me some PTSD, uh, um, back when I was getting immunizations when I was a kid or something, like, I don't know, or maybe I'm just a big puss, uh, whatever it is, I still don't like needles. And so, getting yoked like that was never an option for me. I was pretty big back when I used to uh, uh, frame houses and stuff. Anybody that knew me in, in my early 20s, uh, I was pretty jacked back then, you know, packing 2x4s and, I mean, in like 10, 15 2x4s at a time um, upstairs and, you know, second stories of houses or um, me and uh, my brother Jamie. He, we used to play a game so you could throw 2x4s. Like we were... Uh, um, framing a second story, um, we'd frame the whole first story and everything, and then uh, lay our floor joists and everything, have rim joists up, put the floor on, and then instead of carrying everything up the stairs or up scaffold to the second story, we'd rope off an area and see how many rapid fire studs we could throw up onto the second story um, the fastest. And I mind you, he's probably five one. And just as strong as me back at my strongest. Uh, yeah, pretty incredible stuff. But yeah, a lot of fun. I mean, we got we got pretty ripped doing that stuff. Um, packing the one-inch thick sheeting for the floors. It's tongue and groove stuff, super heavy. I used to pack two or three of those at a time. No problem. But I'm, you know, I'm 6'2". I'm long. I got, actually 6'3". I'm, I got uh, long legs and long arms. I got that lean muscle, so... I was able to actually, you know, get my arms around three sheets. A lot of people can't do that just because it's just too awkward for them. But I could pick them up. I could walk with them, no problem. Jog with them if I had to. Um, and that's why my back is screwed up, people, is because I used to do dumb stuff like that. So if you're in the trade now, and let's just say you're 18, 19, 20 years old, bend at the knees don't be trying to do stupid stuff like that. A, it's probably not going to get you a raise. And B, yeah, everybody's going to think you're freaking awesome and tough. But when you're my age, 
uh, they're not going to think you're awesome and tough anymore because your back's jacked up and you couldn't freaking, you know, fight off a rabid dog trying to attack you, let alone a full-grown dude coming trying to throw haymakers at you. Not saying I couldn't, I'm just saying, like, it, it definitely, you know, having lower back and middle of the shoulder issues uh, diminishes your strength and power, so I'm probably about half as strong as I was um, back at my strongest, and I still, you know, I'm still loading trailers, and I can get down, but not like I used to, I'd pay for it the next day, um, my old Acura, I'd strip everything down off of that, and me and one other dude, we just yanked the engine out because it was awkward cherry picker, or lifted up part way so it was uh, um, coming out already sideways, and then hook it up and and lift it out, doing stuff, dumb stuff like that. Don't be already bent over and trying to lift stuff. It's just dumb. It looks cool, but it's dumb. It did get me laid a couple times uh, doing the strength tests back in the day, so not worth it though. Um, there's some hot chicks out there that'll definitely uh, get with you without doing the showing them how strong you are. Use that brain, baby. That uh, use your personality, and if you don't have one, get one. Just saying, <laughs> nobody likes a dude that doesn't have a personality. Just be Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> Just kidding, Dolph. Please don't smash me. Man, I watched a couple really, really good movies tonight. Um, got a DVD player, which we haven't had one in a while. We stream digital media, you know. We're with the times around here. But got a DVD player in our uh, uh, our White Elephant Christmas gifts. For those of you that don't know what that is, it's the same as the Chinese Christmas. We have a bunch of random gifts, and then you have an opportunity to take somebody else's until... You know, or pick a new one until you get down to the end, and then you're kind of stuck with what you got. And then you got to do some bartering at the end for, for stuff. But, uh, you know, under the table bartering, you're like, hey, man, <laughs> please, I really want that. Let's let's trade for something. I'll give you 10 bucks. But, yeah, we we don't really get down to having a barter. We're, we're cool about it. It's not a huge group of people. We're all family. We love each other. I want you to have what you have, you know, but you can't have my cool stuff, I'm telling you right now. Uh, but I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood tonight, and I'm not going to spoil it for you guys, but Tarantino did a freaking number on this one, man. It's, oh, it's such a good movie. Had me, and it, it's about the, the Manson murders, and loosely based on that is all I'm going to say. It's just loosely based on it. But, man, talk about a twist. Talk about a twist. I mean, he did it again, people. Just get out there, watch that movie. The other one that I watched, and I think it's been out for a little bit, was The New Lion King. Or no, it's 2019, so it's been out for a while, but not that long. But what a freaking fantastic movie. Followed the animation, perfect, but it's all CGI'd and the animals are real. And, it, and it's, it's just super cool. And funny thing about that is, um, you know, I watched the movie when I was a teenager. And it doesn't hit you or make you as emotional as, as it was with like the real life CGI going on. Like I found myself being pissed off at Scar and... 
oh man, it was real deal. I felt like I was part of the pride, and this is just all this is ridiculous. But Timon and Pumbaa in this are freaking hilarious. Just seeing a real uh, lemur and a and a warthog <laughs> acting like that was just pretty crazy. It was funny. But yeah, those are the two I watched. So I'm going to get down and watch some more movies. I haven't been doing that as much lately. I've been a YouTube addict. And uh, I think it's more, or podcast addict too. Um, just trying to get ideas of where to go with this show. Like I said before, I'm real serious about it. I really, I want to do this as a job. I'm just, I need a producer or something. Uh, somebody, I mean, just to keep me on schedule. I'm sporadically recording. It's usually in the middle of the night, and my sleep schedule is fucked. It's so bad right now because I will basically, every other day, I'm staying up all night long because it takes me a while to, I'm not even running different takes on this. It's just um, it getting in my head like a script of what I'm going to do and what I'm going to talk about, and I'm having my own self-doubt issues, being like, man... I mean, it, nobody's going to be listening to this or whatever, you know, I'm beating myself up over nothing instead of just jumping on here and recording. I should have a lot more material than I have right now out there, but then again, I'm being super hard on myself. Some of these um, podcasts actually only um, put out an episode once or twice a week, and I'm, I'm trying to do one every other day, every day, you know. I'm being hard on myself because I'm not doing an hour segment every single day. Um, I wanted to have 365 episodes by um, um, the, about November of, you know, by my birthday of next year. And that's just not feasible. I'm beat myself up for no reason I'm dealing with my own issues I've just I've always been hard on myself and it's kept me from I've talked about this before just kept me from uh, putting out music and and writing and a lot of stuff I just I have belief in myself issues and um, I need help with that um, somebody else who just wants to do the same thing I'm doing but I'm doing um, all the creation editing um, promotion, and I'm not good at it. If you guys haven't seen some of my uh, uh, some of my links that I've been putting up and stuff, they go to nothing, and then I'm realizing that now, and I'm just getting hard on myself about that, and just learning how to do this stuff. I thought I was way more savvy about the internet than I actually am, so I'm going and I'm researching, and I am doing work to get better at this. But I'm going to have to get a producer. Do got some equipment on the way. And it was actually uh, shipped today. So it should be here soon. And all of these episodes are going to be put up on uh, YouTube. I thought about live streaming them. Because uh, I set up live streaming on my account. I got to do it through um, on my desktop. And I think that's feasible. Um, I think I can get better production value um, recording them. So, just because I can add transitioning and stuff like that. And then, you know, I can add in the stuff that I'm talking about, little links to it and stuff. So, I think that's a better idea. Um, once I get multiple cameras, I, I probably will go to live. And because uh, this is uncensored, I really, I mean, people don't like what I'm talking about or think I cuss too much or, or whatever. That's just, it is the way it is. I'm not... 
gonna filter myself. Um, I what you hear is what you get, people. You know, if I come off sounded one way or another, it's just because it's just who I am. Um, not a racist. I'm not a bigot. I don't hate on people. I just I'm I'm an aspiring comedian, and there are certain things that I think funny that other people don't, and it's just the way it is. So I'm gonna quit doubting on myself and keep going with this. And as I get bigger. I'm going to have to get a production crew because, um, like I said, my sleep schedule is just fucked right now. That um, And I'm noticing it in uh, memory and uh, stuff like that. Like I'll have stuff lined up that I want to stay, and then 20 minutes later I can't remember any of it. And I've never had those problems before, so the lack of sleep is really starting to wear on me. And it's, it's pretty much I'm if you work out, I'm sleeping half as much as I was before and trying to get used to it. It's probably not healthy for me to, uh, sleep 12 hours one day. Um, you know, I come home and crash after work cause I'll stay up all night creating content, researching and stuff like that. And then I'll go to work and then I come home and I just absolutely crash out. And it's, it's probably not good for me, but it's what I need to do right now um, to keep creating content. Because like I was saying, I'm dealing with my personal issues while I'm trying to do this and, and build something meaningful. And uh, I'm, I got to get out of my own way is what I'm saying. I just need to get up and get out of my own way and just do what I do. Keep doing what I do because that's what makes me happy. Um, I got to realize and tell myself that not everybody is going to like everything that I do. And, and hey, that's just the way it is. I mean, every show has, has those issues. You're just not going to have a 100% fanship. You're going to have the haters. You're going to have the other people. So the negative stuff I try not to talk about, the negative stuff I get about it, because you know what? At the end of the day, I really don't care. It's my own stupid little voice in my my head that's that's messing with me and that's all it is so uh yep i'm crazy people i'm telling you i'm bipolar and i have ptsd i got those voices in my head people telling me to freaking masturbate in a freezer while nobody's looking you know just kidding it doesn't tell me to do that but <laughs> but yeah so, other interesting stuff going on. Has um, anybody else around here in Fort Worth been just, like, crazily getting the Star Telegram in their mailbox? Like, just these newspapers are holding on by a deer thread um, trying to get viewership. And I feel bad. I like to read and everything, but I like getting newspaper for one reason. Um, it works really, really good to clean your windows and your mirrors with. Just an old uh, trick my dad taught me for detailing cars back in the day. Um, works excellent. You get yourself the good Windex, like not the the crappy, the original formula Windex and, uh, and some newspaper, and you can uh, make those windows no smear, no streak. I mean, it's like when you're getting down to the end of it, making that squeaky sound and everything. But it's crazy that that versus a microfiber cloth or just a cotton terry cloth will still leave that um, crap behind on the windows. But newspaper won't. It's it's like the uh, 
the bleaching process or something or the chemicals and an ink that's in it or something like that is is acting with it but i don't know it's the best way i found detail car and detail chrome like that too and like literally it's um a hundred times more brilliant than it is if you just use cloth so just a fun little fact fun little fact but yeah i got a uh, newspaper and I'm talking about you know, state representative Bill Zedler gains a challenger. And then <laughs> this guy is just the funniest thing. So he, uh, Bill Zedler, apparently uh, it was um, going up for a re-election bid. And as soon as he got one challenger, he was like, eh, maybe I should just withdraw out of this. You know, I actually have a challenger. I don't want him digging into my life or something. But I just... <laughs> Oh, man. I didn't even realize that um, the two-year term that pays $7,200, you can only get paid $7,200 a year to be a state representative? Good Lord. Good Lord. And the other thing that was in here is, I didn't realize this, and you wouldn't think this being around Fort Worth, but uh, they're considering buying land to protect from a sprawl, from basically from all the cities being joined and there's no definition in between the cities that they want open land for the wildlife and all that stuff. It seems like they're doing a pretty good job of doing that around here because uh, you can drive from where I'm at, West Fort Worth, drive up the 820, and when you go, there's a loop that goes around um, Dallas and Fort Worth. And then we have two freeways that connect in between. So there's Loop 820 around Fort Worth, and there's uh, Loop 635 around Dallas. So if you go up the north side of 820, which goes into the 121, 114, um, that, that'll take you across the north side. You can take uh, uh, the I-30 freeway about midway through Fort Worth, and then there's I-20, which goes to the south route. They all lead heading right east towards Dallas. But the only one is the Southern Freeway. Um, south is the only place that you really see um, that there's some land in between, stuff that's undeveloped. You know, there's good chunks of land in between, but they're developing all of it. You go through the north side or through central, it's a city all the way through. So I don't know what the fuck these people are talking about. But, uh, yeah, they're doing a pretty good job of making uh, the Metroplex, basically. I don't know what they're going to call it, Fort Dallas or something when it's all done. Because that's pretty much what it's going to be. So I don't see that. But you get immediately outside of the Metroplex, and there is a lot of um, open land, um, agriculture, and stuff like that. So that's really good. Um I'm, I grew up uh, in uh, pretty agriculture-heavy areas um, from up there in Washington. And um, Mount Vernon, what, what, land of the tulips. They produce uh, more tulips per capita than anywhere on the planet other than Holland. And my family are Dutch and Dutch-German. And, uh, yeah, so we, my grandma worked at this place called Washington Bulb. Uh, for the whole time I was I was a child and everything. I'm not sure exactly what she did out there. I do believe she was one of the production managers. But, uh, yeah, we. I mean, she's one of the greatest gardeners I've ever known. Absolutely my life. Had the most beautiful garden and tulips and 
We had fruit trees, and she grew rhubarb and corn and potatoes, and uh, both of, well, two of my uncles, my father and um, my Uncle Jeff and my Uncle Gary are both um, excellent gardeners, like out of, and my Aunt Becky as well, uh, just a fantastic gardener, had beautiful property up in Ferndale, the farmhouse that I lived in in my high school years. Um, always done up to the T all the way around the house is just like old Victorian style. You go up to them, there's a, you know, a flower garden all the way around the skirts of the house and, um, uh, had little, uh, garden areas out in lawn, had a vegetable garden out there, but we had five acres of land on that property and had horses and cattle and there's a chicken coop on the property, which thank God we didn't have chickens cause, uh, they stank. And their buttholes, I mean, they're fun and all, but it's fun on somebody else's property. You don't want to have to clean up after them. They're freaking disgusting little animals. But uh, fun to mess with. So we did, you know, I'm from ag agriculture-laden areas um, all through Whatcom County, Skagit County. There's huge in agriculture. Um, the Faber family is... Um, heavily invested in um, agriculture in that area and construction um, and have deep, deep roots in Skagit and Whatcom Valley uh, or Whatcom County for um, um, agriculture production and, and helping build up the area and, and make it what it is today. So, uh, and, and it's not just my family. There's lots of families that are from that area that did the same thing. Uh, so if you meet a favor, and up in that area, uh, say hey to him. Say hey, something's up. Steven says hi to you. We don't talk. My family's crazy. Um, I think they think that about me, that I'm just nuts. And I don't have a lot of contact with my family. But uh, today's events really uh, hit close to home with me and uh, made me think about a lot of things. That's why I waited until very, very late to uh, podcast today. Um and uh, that I need to be in closer contact with them and let them know how I feel and work through our differences and really be a family. Um, things can happen so quick. Um, with the blink of an eye, I mean, your whole life can be taken away from you. And I mean, I'm not talking about just death, but um, around here there's tornadoes. There's, you know, natural disasters that... Um, can change the whole course of your life in uh, in the blink of an eye. And uh, with some of the stuff that happened to me when I was younger, you know, and me going through my addiction issues and stuff like that, uh, I really have become a recluse and pulled away from everybody um, in my family and from talking with my wife and my brother Jamie, who is my brother from another mother. He's the... Um, closest thing that um, I have to family here besides my wife's family um, he's always there for me always listens to me and um, he's the, uh, really the only person not even counselors I don't feel comfortable with talking about my mental health and like the details about it and down the nitty-gritty how my brain works he's really the only person I, I trust and, and really uh, um, uh, I really trust with with those thoughts and and my take on it and stuff because he always comes back with the most honest thing that he can say he won't blow smoke up your ass at all 
and always has really good input. Um, I'm actually excited. I'm going to go. He's got a 1943 Chevy Coupe that we are going to uh, lift the engine up later on today and put the motor mounts on, drop back in, weld them in place. It's putting a, uh, it's got a Chevy 350 in it out of a 67 Camaro and a Turbo 350 tranny that's in it tried to find the turbo 400 but we're just going to build that one to the hilt and hopefully it can handle all that the hp we're going to be thrown to the ground but um that's what he does is build custom cars and uh we're going to be doing some uh segments with uh his car club and it's his business highly hated customs so um be on the lookout for that it's gonna be fun stuff we're gonna be taking a break here in a couple minutes and like we normally do, we're going to be doing the mid-roll, and then I will be back. But we'll be talking about more cool stuff on Something's Up with Steve. I really appreciate you guys joining me um, on this somber evening. Uh, again, let's do what we can for the victims of uh, the church shooting here in Fort Worth. Um, and come up with some good ideas with... Uh, how we can reach out um, to the community because um, money isn't everything. Um, showing that we care and that we're there for people, and um, I'm I'm really gonna try to work hard, and I need help with this um, to to unite the people of this country, and it's what it's gonna take for for all of us to come together and demand these changes. And I am open to all your ideas and. Um, um, the ideas of stuff that I can do, that I can use my influence for, um, it'd be greatly appreciated. Um, let's do this damn thing. I'm excited. So we'll be back. We're going to do mid-roll. This is Something's Up with Steven. All right. up everybody um psa we are on patron now um look up something's up with steven uh again i'm bad with the internet i couldn't rattle off the link right now to save my life and i'm not even stoned isn't that fucking wild um but we're on patron and getting the youtube thing going on and go to anchor.fm backslash Stephen Michael Faber. That's Michael is spelt weird. M-I-C-K-A-L because I was stoned when I made it and uh, yeah, um, forgot the E in there and it's already spelt weird. Um, Stephen Michael Faber backslash support. You can leave me audio messages on there. You could end up on the show. Give me feedback. Um, hit me up on my email, slimfabes at gmail.com. And the slim is a one because, again, I was, uh, yeah, <laughs> when I made that about, oh, 15 years ago. That is my personal email. That's S1IMFABS at gmail.com. Um, and get at me. Um, we got. The Facebook group page, um, that's the official fan page, and we got our um, Facebook business page. Um, we always want to hear from you, you know, and I, I say we, it's just me. Uh, but yeah, it's at Stephen M. Faber or at uh, Something's Up with Stephen. Um, got Twitter going, I got the Instagram going, got the Snapchat going. 
um, doing some hilarious shit on Snapchat. I had uh, um, Dog the Bounty Hunter's brother on there, uh, the Chinchilla, and uh, it's, it's pretty good. He just likes to beat the fuck out of people with his baton. Maybe have a squirt gun full of mace. You never know what's going to happen. But yeah, you never know who's going to stop by. Uh, YouTube page, I had uh, G.S. Joey from New Hampshire talking uh, shit about me. G.S. Joey is one of my characters. Um, you guys will get to know him uh, intimately if you follow this show. Um, I think he's one of the funniest motherfuckers I've ever heard in my life. Oh, yeah. Anyways, uh, G.S. Joey is inspired by uh, my little brother, Jason Faber. Just uh, the greatest fucking... Uh, impersonation of a dude from New Hampshire because I can't even call it a New Yorker accent because it is not. New Yorkers are way cooler than that. Trust me, I know a few. But if you're from New Hampshire, you know what I'm talking about. They try to ham it up a little bit and just make it way East Coast. Um, my mom used to do the same thing. Uh, my mom is from Maryland. And uh, as soon as she somebody get in an argument with her, oh man, did she turn East Coast in a drop of a hat. And just everything was, all the A's are very, very pronounced like, ah, like pock the ka, and all that good stuff. So hilarious stuff. But we got all kinds of stuff going on. Um, I'm going to be getting a uh, uh, come together page going on. Um, hashtag come together, hashtag we the people, hashtag enough violence. Um, and that is one thing I'm going to do, spread the word, um, get that going on. And if anybody out there knows something about um, GoFundMe or one of the crowdfunding uh, pages, uh, I want to get um, one of those going um, for the uh, uh, West Freeway Church. Um, uh, for the families, the victims of uh, today's shooting, um, all the proceeds of that will um, go to them. So somebody shoot me an email of how to do that. What's the best way? Do I reach out to um, the West Freeway Church? Um, what do I do? Um, and it'll help uh, um, just some of the local people around here um, uh, with services and things that uh, they're going to need and, and well, that they they need in this time of need. So um, just one thought I had for, for helping out. Um, and we're 100% legit on that. That's what we are going to do. Um, you can also, um, you can sponsor this show on Patreon. Uh, could really use the help. Uh, we've got some uh, stuff in the works as far as um, wanting to make some merch and stuff like that. And uh, just funny t-shirt ideas, and as well as getting some studio equipment. Um, need a new laptop. Um, there's uh, stuff that can be donated that, that I can use. Um, Ed Warner, um, great sponsor of this show, a dear friend of mine, um, has donated a couple computers to us. Um, they're older. They are great for... Um, uh, recording and audio, but as far as going on the internet, um, they're they're not supported by Apple anymore. So um, um, updating them isn't isn't an option. But as far as um, audio recording and stuff like that, they're fantastic. So that's what I'm going to be using to process the audio. Um, I do have a, a professional mic on the way with a 
cool boom and um, I've got some large SD cards on the way for uh, um, storing the uh, uh, video media um, for our YouTube channel so I'm excited for that stuff to get here um, so I can do more of that on YouTube because right now it's kind of a pain in the butt um, I'm using my old Huawei phone um, on a selfie stick duct taped to the back of a chair so it's a rolling chair so it's mobile it's like having a and nobody else operating it so I gotta set it up and go sit down you know I don't have a remote thing to to hit play on it or nothing like that but hey man it's you gotta start somewhere right and I'm all about um, starting from the bottom I've had to do it my whole life and then I build something from nothing. That's what it's all about. It's about that hard work and um, putting time in and doing something. This is something I'm passionate about. So it's something I'm going to continue to do for a long time. I've said that a lot of times already. So I apologize to my listeners that have heard me say the same thing probably about a dozen times now. But I am uh, real interested in getting more intricate, especially with the video and audio work and um, doing skit comedy and and stuff like that. So yeah, we got some cool stuff coming up. It's, I think you guys are gonna enjoy. Um, I have man, I've been watching some <laughs> really really funny stuff, and uh, I've got I got a really big kudo um, from some of the your mom's house uh, listeners and fans, and it was actually a. Uh, um, it was, oh, After Hours with Dr. Drew. I listened to that podcast, watched it on YouTube, and uh, they were talking about um, RPC, which is the acronym for uh, Robert Paul Champlain. Try it out. Um, that guy, if you haven't seen that video, um, just go to YouTube and uh, put in um, uh, YMC, uh, try it out and all those videos will pop up there's some great stuff that um the guys and gals from your mom's house put up um and that is tom segura and uh Chris, christina pazinski um two of my heroes um comedic heroes they're funnier than shit man but uh they were talking about uh um rpc having delusions of dating um celebrities back in the day and it's not too, there's some good comments on there. It's not too far-fetched for that scene back in the day. But one of them brought up a really good um, point is, you know, in that community back in the day, a lot of them would dress up like celebrities and just act like them. And some of them, you can't even tell the difference. Like, um, very good impersonators. And, you know, he says that he was in an intimate relationship with uh, Tom Selleck back in the day and Freddie Mercury. And I don't not believe this. I'm not saying that at all. And I'm going to say this about um, Robert Paul. Is that guy is unapologetically himself. And that's admirable. Absolutely. Um, just to be himself and be open about it. And put himself out there like that. It takes a lot. And he is a hero. Um, for just being himself and not apologizing for it. He just likes what he likes what he likes, and there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with, with what he does. And uh, I just, I find the guy hilarious, and I think he's a hero. But me being a comedian, um, 
I had to put on there. Uh, um, this one time, he let uh, Freddie Mercury fart in his mouth and do a rail off of his his jump. Try it out, and uh, those guys, I've I've gotten some pretty good response out of that. And it was like, oh my gosh, it's so funny, you know. And it's really, I mean, it it was a lot funnier when it was happening because I I die laughing over that stuff. I will say stuff or type something, and I'm just I'm crying laughing and other people don't find it funny or whatever, but thank you, you guys, for affirming that it was funny. I also said that, um, ask Dr. Drew if uh, RPC looks like he smells, like a dirty, dirty kitty litter box that um, that is infused with Old Spice and uh, uh, violent anal sex. That's <laughs> exactly what I think he looks like. It wasn't just trying to make fun of him or anything. I just think he that's what he looks like. So, just saying. Love you, RPC. Um, please hit me back if you've got a uh, rebuttal. Let's get a you look like thing going on. Because um, uh, my other two heroes um, are the guys from The King and the Sting, uh, Theo Vaughn and Brennan Schaub. They have a, uh, a just a back and forth that you look like, and it is freaking hilarious. Check it out. I'm not even going to do justice to some of the stuff that they do, um, but innovative, funny, and uh, it just reminds me and my brother, uh, Jason, used to do that back in the day. You know, we'd go back and forth. Well, you look like a, no, you look like a, so... Um, it's a very old uh, inside joke with me. So, hey, anybody who wants to do that, let's let's get a segment going. Um, if you want to be on the show, uh, download the Anchor app, and uh, we can uh, I can remote have guests. I just figured out, so uh, um, I can add you to the episode. We'll just get a date and a time going, and I'll remote add you to the episode, and we'll be able to talk to each other through our phones, and we don't need no fancy recording software. Um, I can even edit it later. Um, it's no big deal on that end. I do all that stuff anyway. I'm pretty much insomniac. Um, I try to record this show in the middle of the night, so there's not just a bunch of stuff going on around me. But if we gotta do it during the day, we'll do it during the day. But let's let's do this. I'm down to have some guests or have some Q and A. Um, tell me, you know, you, you tell some stories that you got. So I'm all about that. So yeah, that'll be some fun stuff coming up. And once I have the studio completely set up here, I'm going to have some live guests and we'll be analyzing some some videos and uh, uh, doing some different segments, uh, some in the news now. And just, we're here to laugh, man. And uh, just have fun and just be ourselves. So there ain't no show here, you know. The only show is, is just me being me so i'm enjoying doing this and i'm gonna continue to do it and i don't care how ghetto i gotta be to get content out it's it's going down because i'm i'm a a classic poor kid and i can make something out of nothing no problem i mean obviously a handyman i mean i can duct tape a selfie stick to the back of a rolling chair i mean figured it out now i've got a uh um uh, mobile uh, 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 camcorder stand. So in my camcorder, old cell phone works out great. But I'm gonna get out another uh, 
a phone. These Huawei's, the older ones, have amazing cameras on them. They actually record in HD and like fine quality HD. It's actually pretty good. The only thing I don't like about it is if you start moving your hands um, while it's recording, it tries to auto focus in and out. And I don't know how to uh, completely. I'm sure there's a setting to turn it off. I just haven't messed with it yet. I just noticed that um, tonight with the video that I made. So that's a little annoying. And I think it was doing that on the first. Um, video that I put up and I was just going with it but I'll get it we'll get it figured out I'll just have to stabilize the shot somehow but um, I've got a, a wish list going on um, for some stuff that I need um, the digital camcorders um, SD cards uh, I need a decent laptop and uh, I'm gonna need to get another mic so I'm going to work on getting all the stuff on the way. But you, the viewers, can help with that by sponsoring the show on Patreon or on Anchor. Download the Anchor app. Uh, uh, something's up with Steven. You can check that out. Or it's anchor.fm backslash Stephen Michael Faber um, backslash support. And you can become a recurring monthly donor. Um, just, you know, a couple bucks a month. Go a long ways here. Uh, we're... We're going to make this happen one way or another and keep creating content. Whether I have that support or not, I'm going to make this happen. I don't care if i got to work three jobs and i got two hours to do this tonight. It's going to happen. This is my dream, and I'm going to keep that dream alive, and it's going to lead into um, a, a lot more stuff for me, um, not only being on other podcasts. I've been offered to do a couple already, um, but uh, help me get out there and just do some stand-up comedy. I'm going to get out there and start doing that. And, uh, you know, you got to take your knocks doing it. Um, I'm going to go up there and bomb a couple times and record it so everybody can laugh at me and um, go from there and get the building blocks going. I mean, I want to go around the world entertaining people. So keep going that way. And you never know. I mean, somebody wants to put me in a movie, wants to put me in a TV show, I can act. I mean, I act like I'm cool all the time, but I'm really not. So, just saying. <laughs> just saying. Well, it is about 5 a.m. here. I'm just going to keep rolling, keep rolling. I was just watching some uh, super funny stuff on uh, YouTube earlier. Uh, just like weed jokes and stuff like that. And, and it reminded me of a, a story of a buddy of mine that used to like to, he, he lived with us on the floor, um, we'll just call him, um, we'll call him Randy, uh, he used to live, uh, on a, he had this little mattress that he'd pull out every night out of my room, and he'd sleep in the corner of the living room, and he was kind of like a couch guy, and this went on, you know, six, seven months, I mean, he went to work and everything, and just, this is back in the day before we realized, like, the toll that drugs had on people. We just thought that he's just bad with his money. And he never really, we never saw him buy anything, but what it ended up being was he was buying drugs. And uh, we sold, uh, and I sold weed at the time. Can't say we, I did. And uh, every once in a while, just someone come up missing. I was just, I was a nice guy, but I was just like, ah, oh, whatever. I probably smoked it, you know, because we partied a lot, you know. There's so many nights I didn't remember. And just crazy stuff going down. There's so many people in and out of the, the apartment that, you know, I couldn't say 
what happened or anything and I was so trusting I, a lot of the times I mean it was put away but it wasn't put away put away it should have been a lockbox but uh, every once in a while you know some of it come up missing and so I said trap and I it was the best I mean we're talking some fire like one hitter quitter I mean you're so stoned you're on freaking Mars talking to aliens I mean seriously I'm pretty sure it was laced with some stuff so I ended up, my buddy actually gave me an eighth of the stuff saying, uh, I'll sell you a whole ounce of it for 500 bucks. And that was, at the time, uh, about $160 more an ounce than I was used to paying. So I was just like, eh, I don't know. But I'll, I'll try it out. So this stuff put me on freaking on Pluto and had so much fun. I smoked it with a couple of my friends. And I'm pretty sure it was laced with angel dust or... Um, uh, Molly something, I mean, because it was just, the, it was unreal, couldn't stop laughing, you know, so I left a gigantic nug in a film canister, just a black film canister, put it on top of my dresser, and uh, one day I came, I just kept checking it when I come home, it was there, it was there, it was there, and uh, one day I'd ran out of weed, and uh, had been out for a couple days, I'd go to work, come home, film canister's gone, and I was like, oh, and I was getting ready, I probably knocked it off the floor, I look all over the place, find the film canister, film canister is, it's half empty, I mean, it, that thing was packed full with one gigantic nug, half of it was gone, I was like, hmm, well, whoever's in this house that's acting like complete retard, obviously, stole it, and uh, I go out in the living room, I'm hanging out, I'm just kind of watching people, and um, our couch dude goes out, goes smoke a cigarette, comes back in, he's acting real weird, like, outside smoking a cigarette for like 15 minutes, came back in, instantly goes to the bathroom, and, uh, mind you, when I first saw him, he came back in, he was bright red and had this concerned look on his face, instantly goes to the bathroom, shower starts, he didn't bring any clothes to change with him or anything, he just gets in the shower, I was like, I bet he shit his pants. And then the thought came to my head, no, he didn't. He's so high, he doesn't know what to do right now because he knows we're all going to know. And uh, kind of find out that's really what it was. He came back out and laid down. I was like giving him crap. It's like, why did you shit your pants? And he finally got upset with me. He was like, quit saying that I didn't shit my pants. And then I was like, all right, all right. We're playing video games. We used to play cool borders all the time back then. So an hour goes by. I look over, he's laying on his back on his little on his little mattress in the corner and he's got his legs crossed and his arms are are up like claws, like in front of his face, like he's going rah and he's sitting there like this. And he was watching the ceiling fan go round and round and round. You could see his head moving with it. And I was like, Man, what's going on, dude? You okay? And uh he goes, no, 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 I'm all right, man, I'm all right. I was like, dude, you look like you took some acid. And he instantly said, is that what was on that shit? It was just hilarious. So I wasn't going to say nothing to everybody else, but uh, everybody else, there's like six people sitting in the house. They're like, what What does he mean? What does he mean? You got some acid? I was like, no. I was like, there was some weed on my dresser and uh, and told him that, you know, some of it was missing, whatever. So 
um, my other roommate instantly wanted to kick him out. He's like, no, get your shit, get out, you're stealing from us. And I was just like, man, took him off to the side. And I was like, this is a good learning lesson right here. You don't know what you're getting. You don't know what to get into. He's a good friend of ours. And he was like, no, man, he doesn't pay any bills in here. And all of a sudden, he's going in. And mind you, a couple times before this, he'd, um, I'd come home. He's wearing my clothes and stuff like that. And and excuse always, well, well, I'm doing laundry. And I was like, well, where's your laundry at? Well, at a friend's house. And then you'd see the clothes that he was wearing, you know, still piled up in the corner. And I was like, well, how are you doing laundry if they're all piled up right there? Well, I got some other clothes over there. So, and then I would never get the clothes back, you know. So, it just, it, it started wearing old. And I was just like, okay, okay, okay. If this happens again. Then we kick him out. It was winter time. I felt bad for him. I was like, dude, we're not going to kick him out right now. If it does happen again, out on his ass. He can go sleep in a field for all I care. So a couple weeks later, um, he had just gotten paid from work. And he'd been acting real weird and staying up all night and stuff like that. And he was obviously getting into meth. And I, what's obvious now, back then, we didn't even really know what meth was. Like, that was a very, very underground. You didn't see it. You didn't see a lot of people on it up where I was from. Um, it was basically a biker and a trucker drug, you know. And we didn't hang out with a bunch of bikers or truckers. And uh, he's staying up all night. All of a sudden, stuff started missing out of the house. And he's denying it because it would come up missing um, when we were at work. And he was supposedly at work. Well, come to find out, he hadn't been working in a while. He's pawning our stuff to to get dope and whatever. And uh, I had gotten a, a large quantity of weed, and it just came up missing. And this wasn't mine. This was somebody else's that I was making a cut off of. So it was a big deal. And uh, I didn't know how I was going to. I was like, man, how do I just? So I just confronted him and just said, look. This is what happened, dude. You need to make this right. Like right now, we're gonna have some. There's gonna be some serious consequences to this because I'm not gonna mess with you. I'm gonna call up my guy and he's gonna come deal with you. And you know this, dude. You don't want to mess with him. Like, come on. And nobody that I dealt with was even a scary dude by by any means. But this guy was like 110 pounds, soaking wet, and they could probably, you know, little kid could pick him up and throw him over a fence. So he was instantly a little worried. And but he denied it all the way through, all the way through, and I was like, "Damn it, man!" So he ended up staying, and I let it go for a little bit, and then I was on my way to work. And standing there by the bridge was um, our wonderful couch guy, and I called into work and said, "Hey, I'm gonna be a few minutes late. I got a personal issue going on. Um, I need to deal with. Like, it, it'll be an hour." And I was a dishwasher at the time. I mean, it wasn't. Like I, you know, the world was going to stop if, if I, if I was a little late to work, it wasn't a big deal. The dishes are going to pile up a little bit. So I ended up, um, having a call back and say, I'm not going into work because I was sitting across the street. Um, I was actually, I didn't, yeah, I wasn't driving at the time. I had a, I was on my bicycle and I was sitting across the street, my bike sitting in the alley watching him and there's random people coming up and he was basically walking around just freaking looking for people that look like they're stoners going in and out of stores and saying, hey, I got some weed for sale. And I watched him sell about, you know, three, four, five people. And 
just went walking out because by that time I'm steaming. I'm hot. And I was like, he lied to my face. I'm so mad. And I can't call cops or anything, you know. It's like I have to handle this myself. Steve, stop being stop being the nice guy. Go handle this. You gotta go handle this yourself. Cause I'm just having to pay that money back to somebody else. So um I confronted him and he denied oh no 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 no. I reach in, I grab his front pocket and ripped his pocket and a bunch of pre-bundled little grams of weed came falling out. He had it all in his front pocket. So at that point, I'm really mad. I drag him to the side of the store. I was like, you know, picked up all my stuff off the ground, out of the gut, took out the rest of his pockets, checking everything, and I was so mad I could barely get words out. I was like, why would you, you know, why would you do this to me? Like, what the hell is wrong with you? And everything. So at that point, he starts admitting to basically all the drugs he was doing. He's blaming on the drugs, and it's ruining my life. I need help, and all this stuff, and he's just basically saying whatever to not get beat up at that point, and I was just like, man, I gotta figure out something, so I told him, don't come back to the house, you find a phone to use or something, and call me this evening, I'm gonna figure out what's going on, I'll let you get your stuff, I'm just pissed right now, that you would even do this to me, and you don't even have the money to pay me back, nor do I even think you're gonna pay me back. And um, tell my buddies what happened and everything. You know, I'd missed a day of work over this. The dude was lying to all of us. And our shit was disappearing was him. And both of our instant reactions was like, we need to stomp this guy out. And my other buddy goes, no. Oh, no. We're going to change this dude's life. We're going to get him so fucked up. He's never going to want to get fucked up again. And... Uh, I was like, dude, that ain't gonna work. He's a freaking drug addict. He's gonna freaking love it. And he's like, no, 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 no. I mean, we're gonna force him to drink until he pukes. We're gonna force him to smoke after that until he's so spun he passes out. We're gonna give him a little bit of time, wake him back up, give him the uppers. And then, after he has the uppers, we're gonna release him out in public. And just freaking let him freaking wander the streets, do whatever. The cops are gonna pick him up because he's gonna be freaking out. So, get everything together, and there's people donating to see this freaking happen. They're like, oh, yeah, we're telling everybody what had happened. They're like, oh, yeah, he needs he needs this lesson. This is genius. So, we did it. And about we're about 14, 15 hours into fucking with this guy, and he's already he's tapping out. Like, oh, I won't mess with you guys. Like, I'm, I'm so sorry, guys. Like, you know, I feel like I'm going to die. I'm like, no, motherfucker, you're going to get your ass kicked, or are you going to do more? So we're in the smoking stage at that point. He puked like freaking five dozen times into a garbage can, and then we'd make him take another shot, and freaking make him take another bong hit. And right afterwards, he would freaking puke like he wasn't getting the bong hits down before he's puking. And uh, then we're freaking trying to like mess him with him because we'd made some food. Oh, you want some food? And he'd be throwing up. So he finally passes out on the floor. I take a wet rag, I freaking clean up his face and stuff. I felt bad for him at that point. I was like, dude, why do you feel bad? It's just stealing from you, man. I was like, you know, we had history. He was one of our friends. I was like, I want to see him die here, you guys. And he's like, this motherfucker deserves it and everything. So finally after, it was two hours or so, he was sleeping. I got sick of freaking just smelling his ass because it was pretty bad at that point like it just smelled like puke and his body odor in the house and I was just like we gotta get this guy out of here so 
when he gets up, um, we had a friend, I'll call him Corey, that was there that basically he sat him down and said, all right, dude, I know you're going to freaking be Jones and whatever. You're going to smoke this shit. And dude knew exactly what it was. He was, thought he was smoking meth, but it was actually fucking, it was meth with other, like, drain other, like, yellow-looking shit in it. And uh, it, it was just chemicaled out. Like, it was probably something that whoever made it would scrape out of the freaking pan that you wouldn't sell to people. It was like a leftover freaking crap. I don't know what they cook it out of or anything, but it looked gnarly and smelled even worse. Like, I freaking made him smoke by the door. I didn't even, you know, it was bad. And he was just like, oh, what is this and everything. And all of a sudden, he just changed. Boom, he was no longer fucked up. He just fucking felt like Superman. At that point, he was like, I'm tired of you guys fucking with me. I want to fight. And we fucking threw him out the front door, locked the door. Forgot about We're laughing. We're like, oh, we got this guy so good. There's no way that he's not going to get busted by the cops. He's going to, yeah, I mean, he was screaming at the top of his lungs, talking gibberish outside. And it was about, it was about 20 minutes after we kicked him out the door. He's just, it was just silent out there and I was like do you leave and I look outside he's gone we're gone we're just laughing about it whatever and I was like man what we did was pretty freaking mean like that was me oh screw that guy he freaking deserved it and all stuff and I was like what if he dies and freaking he's freaking everybody knows he stays over here they're gonna come over here like what the hell are we thinking you know I'm thinking like at this point <laughs> we're gonna get busted like something bad's gonna happen to him we're gonna be the ones held responsible for it, and about three days goes by, and I'm heading to work on my bicycle, and there he is, he's freaking, uh, got a pair of shorts on, um, long sleeve shirt, no shoes, and a jean jacket that he's got over his head, and he's spinning circles, um, by the bridge, and he's looking down at the ground, spinning circles, and, uh, I go up to him, like, hey, what are you doing, he takes off running from me, so I chased him down this little bike trail over there. I was like, dude, why are you running to get away from me? You're the devil. <laughs> and he, uh, I don't think he's ever seen him again after that. And I still feel bad about that today. But, you know, I was like, oh, he got what he deserved. But he literally thought I was the devil. And uh, I don't know where he'd been, what he'd been doing. He looked like he robbed somebody's freaking... Uh, uh, like clothesline outside or something because what he was wearing was just ridiculous no shoes on and it it was not summertime out it was it was cold but this guy um was still super high and i was like oh he just went and went and got some more and just kept going or something like nope so about two months later um i was talking about that and telling some people about it and they described him like what he was what he was wearing and uh, it was this uh, lady, uh, Sharon, that I was talking to. And she was like, yeah, he went to my house and was living. He was back in my dog's doghouse in the backyard for like two days. And we knew he was in there and everything, but we didn't dare go out there because we didn't know what he was on. After the third day, we went out there and, and we were shooing him off. The third day, he was completely naked. So... We gave him some stuff out as random pair of shorts, long sleeve shirt, and gave him a jacket and said, get the hell out of here. We don't have any shoes for you. 
and that's how I saw him. So yeah, he ended up spending a couple of days in somebody's doghouse. <laughs> and uh, I saw him about five years after that happened. He he wouldn't even talk to me. He went the other way running. And uh, yeah, I still feel bad about that. But I guess, you know, my friends are a little bit meaner than me. I think if they wouldn't have been around, I would have just let him keep stealing from me. And uh, he probably would have got worse and worse and worse. But uh, the last time I saw him, he actually he didn't look fucked up at all. But he did not want to talk to me. He wanted nothing to do with me and go the other way. Maybe he still thought I was the devil. I don't know. But, yeah. So, um, shout out if you're uh, listening. You know who you are. There's no way you don't know that story. Um, or anybody that was uh, there at the apartment that night. You remember it was, it was uh, Crispy's apartment uh, uh, right by the library there we used to live in. Um, goals nuts. Um, you should remember that. So, any who's it? Yeah, my ex girlfriend. That was weird too. That same apartment that that we lived in. I had this girlfriend Chrissy in in high school. That uh, um, we got pretty hot and heavy there for a while, and I went to the fair. She was actually a really, really good competition horseback rider, like did barrel racing and stuff like that. So um, I was staying out at the fairgrounds and selling hash for uh, for a friend of mine and ended up smoking all the hash. I sold a little bit of it, but just basically partied while I was there. And her family like brought me in, like thought I was cool and all this stuff because I was another farm boy and... I was a total fucking degenerate. I ended up with some of the carnies in the boneyard. Got chased after there, after they freaking, um, this guy got me high on heroin. And, uh, got me to smoke rat poisoning. And I thought it was just, I thought it was some kind of drug, but they thought it was funny. So, got me to smoke that shit and then kicked me out of there. So, I'm tripping my nuts off. Thought I was dying. I became very suicidal. And, uh... Like, just wanted to die. Like, my whole world was crashing down. I was like, what am I doing and everything? So, I basically freaking passed out. And I guess in the back of this trailer when I was talking to my girl and started foaming at the mouth, I ended up in the freaking hospital. Told him I tried to kill myself and all this because I didn't want to admit that I had done, uh, basically, willingly was doing those drugs. I was like, these guys, I don't know who they were, did this to me. I just want to die. I can't believe this happened to me. And ended up having to go home. They force, um, no, that wasn't that time. So after all that happened, my girl was still with me. She was just like, you know, whatever. So um, we worked past that. And then um, my family finally let me go somewhere with her. So I have her take me down to my buddy's apartment. I wasn't supposed to be smoking weed, doing nothing like that. And I was supposed to be going to her house. I have her leave me there and smoking weed. And I was supposed to, you know, check in, go back home and all this. And I just, I don't know when I got around my friends that were down around that area. I just didn't want to go home. I just didn't want to talk to my parents. I didn't want nothing. Because I was getting fucked up. So just because of that, my parents basically forced her to um, quit seeing me. She was a bad influence and everything. And, and she really wasn't. It was me. Um, the whole time it wouldn't forced us to not be together so that same girlfriend after all that shit happened showed up at that apartment and they were high as fuck on coke 
and uh, it was just a really weird night. Uh, her friend Andrea was was trying to fuck me, and it was just a really weird situation because Chrissy was there. They kept going in the back room with my other buddy, and they were obviously, I think they were doing coke, and because uh, he became a pretty big coke dealer after that, and uh, the connection that everybody was getting it from was this other Steve, and big, gigantic Hispanic dude that was just, he was known for beating people's faces in, and ended up sleeping on the couch with his girlfriend, which I didn't know, and she didn't, nobody told me, he said nothing, and, uh, and he came over to kick my head in that apartment and everything, I don't know how I made it out of it, but uh, I even went out there, he's beating on the door, and I wasn't going to go out. Everybody was telling me not to go out there. And I just went out there. I was like, how big could this dude be? And uh, I was a dwarf at six foot two standing next to him. I was just like, oh, God. He ended up just bitching me out. And I was just like, look, dude, I didn't know. You know, your girlfriend didn't say nothing to me. She didn't say it. I was like, it's my ex-girlfriend. She didn't say nothing. She was with you and she likes you so much. How come uh, she didn't say something about you? That's kind of weird, isn't it? And then his mood kind of changed right there and he was like you know what you're right so me and him actually became friends after that so wild stories back in those apartments man we used to have all kinds of crazy stuff like that happen and way crazier than the drug and the dude that was uh uh stealing from us as that was pretty mild to some of the stuff that would happen when we'd start drinking made this dude uh he had during one of the parties uh my other buddy had his, his mom was there and she'd buy us alcohol quite a bit. We were, I think we were just about 18 at the time, 17, 18. And, uh, everybody was like, we'd all decided to go to Whatcom Falls and he rode with her in her car to go to the store to get some more beer or something like that. But he's trying to get her to freaking give moral sex. And uh, he was like, come on, suck my dick. Well, don't tell anybody. And she's like telling him the whole time, like, if I tell these guys, like, they're going to stomp your head in. So he ends up coming back with her. My The landlords from the place were over at the house. And the wife was there getting fucked up. The dude had decided to go to bed because he had to be up and had shit to do in the morning. But they were cool with us, like, super cool. And uh, he uh, volunteered to go walk her back over and ends up raping her out in the freaking, in the weeds in between the two apartments that they're in Ferndale, they're not there now, they used to be two separate buildings separated by a field, and now it's like um, a bigger apartment complex that has multiple um, buildings on it and stuff, it was ripped down because they were just, they were cockroach apartments, they were freaking pieces of shit, and uh, yeah, we found that out and what was going on, and we caught up with them. We devised a plan that we were going to do something to him. There's like 10 of us. And instead of just beating this guy's face in, I basically forced him to uh, get in the car. We drove him up to, uh, we had to force him. He, he had drove, but we got him outside of his car and weren't letting him leave. We're like, we surrounded him, called everybody that we knew to get down here now. We're going to embarrass the shit out of this guy. And uh, we knew if we touched him that, and call the cops and I was like you got a choice like 20 of us are going to stomp your head in or we're going to drive you up to the library you're going to strip naked and you're going to walk through town naked so yeah um, if you're listening bro you know why that happened to you it should have been worse should have went to jail for that shit but uh, yeah we made him walk through town naked and uh, when we came back down 
because we were actually going to give him his clothes back. And oh, we, we ended up kind of doing that. But uh, we drove back and the cops had showed up and he was almost to 7-Eleven. And the only thing we let him have was uh, was basically his shoes. And it was cold outside, man. Like it was it was real cold outside. And all of his coworkers were down there, people from high school, because it was most of our senior year. And uh, most people from high school are down there um, taking pictures and all kinds of stuff, driving by him, taking pictures, yelling at him. And the cops are sitting down there at 7-Eleven in Ferndale. And he comes walking down there, and we went to pull in. I was like, nope, keep on going. So I just threw his clothes out the window in the street. And I guess he told the cops that we had done this and done that. And a couple days later, I had to talk to the cops about it. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, that never happened. I don't even know the person that you're talking about. And he rattled off this whole story about everything. And then he went to school um, the next day and said, if it wasn't for all my friends, I would have um, kicked him right through the doors of 7-Eleven and all that. So I had to go by myself at that point. And I laughed at him. Just I was pretty wild back then. I wasn't afraid to get beat up. And uh, yeah, that's one of our fun stories. And it could have been a lot worse for that guy, but none of us really wanted to go to jail or we weren't sure who his parents were or anything. So, because you never know, man. I mean, people are nuts. You might kick the crap out of somebody and their freaking dad's bandito and he may not be tough, but his friends sure are. So, you just never know. One of those deals. And I didn't know a whole lot about him and... I'm not going to put his name on blast because I don't really care about him that much. But he should have went to jail for what he did back in the day. He took advantage. And, and mind you, the lady that he did that to was about five foot tall and as wide as she was tall. And she she was gross. I mean, she was super gross. But she was the sweetest lady that you've ever met in your life. She was just the uh, typical, she was a nerd. Um, back in the day, she liked to sit and read and play video games, and she didn't shower. She had a couple little kids uh, with this other guy, and not a bad-looking dude at all. But it comes back to the whole meth thing. They were both meth addicts that kept in the closet, and you wouldn't know. I mean, they held down job and everything. But uh, that's how we ended up meeting um, this other guy that ended up stealing all the shit from us and everything is, is one of their friends. And they ended up, all three of them, just went downhill hardcore into that shit. And that's a hell of a drug. And how did Rick James say that? Cocaine's a hell of a drug. Well, meth is more a hell of a drug. We got a lot of meth stories from just being around people that are on it. Um, I, I had... Uh, um, a friend of mine back in the day put some on on some weed and had me smoke it with him and that was like the longest night I've ever had and I didn't like it at all. I remember being so pissed at him and just going home and not being able to sleep. I felt dirty. Uh, never uh, a fan of the uppers at all. And it's weird because I'm opposite. Like you give me downers and um, they they keep me up and I can't sleep and everything, but you give me an upper and it just makes me want to go to bed. That's why I was never um, real fond of the cocaine or anything like that. It just has the opposite effect on me. It doesn't make me 
want to like speed me up for a minute and then next thing you know I'm I'm ready for bed. Everybody else is like, oh, we're gonna stay up all night. Blah blah blah. Fuck that. You guys are crazy. I like my sleep. But now I'm an insomniac and I have no choice but to stay up. Until my body just shuts down and I crash. But after my crazy story, we're gonna be coming to an end of the show for today. Um there's going to be a serious upload on the just tagging on. We're going to go into a, um, just another little break in between this. And there's about a 15-minute segment of what I have up on YouTube that I'm putting on this. Um, I'm very serious when I say that we all need to come together and really push for reform in this country, for things to change because our government is not listening to us and... They are um, bickering amongst each other so much that there's, it's impossible for them to get anything done. Um, they're dividing us um, by pitting us on one team or the other, and that's not the way it should be. Um, and we're not going to get anything done until we actually um, do unite and show them, like, you guys can't fuck with us anymore. We're falling for the divide of the sheep. Um, it's actually laid out in instructions in the art of war. That's what you need to do is divide a population. They're easier to control that way. Um, so we need to quit falling for that. We need to find ways to come together. We need to get over our differences and say enough is enough. We're not putting up with this shit anymore and we need to demand change. And I'm going to continue to push that and I don't care if it lands me in jail. Um, this is what we need to do as a country and there's a revolution that's coming and I want you motherfuckers to know that make these laws that we're you're not listening to the people we're coming for you and that's what we're gonna do we're not doing it with with violence we're gonna do the same kind of dirty shit that you do we're gonna file those freaking injunctions we're gonna yeah, get you in court we're gonna hold you up and make your life a living hell. We're going to force you to listen to us. So let's all come together and figure out a way to do this and do this uh, legally and together as one or this isn't going to happen because we need to uh, not be in fear anymore of our kids going to school or, or going into a public place or... Um, what's going to happen day to day is just enough with this freaking the shootings, enough with the violence and the stabbings. Um, it's too much. We are the leaders of this world and we are seen as the leaders in culture. And um, this is what we're showing the rest of the world. It's just those few people that are making us all look bad and we need to change that because that's not who we are. I know that's not who we are. Um, 90% of us are, are good people. So let's get out there. Let's do that. I'm going to put that 15 minutes up. Um, this has been something up with Steven. I love each and every single one of you. Um, uh, support me if you can. If not, listening's enough. Um, but uh, fam up, hate down. I'm Steven Faber, and I'm out. Something's up with Steven. Uh, I'm here in Fort Worth, Texas, and usually we're joking around and having fun, but uh, we had a tragedy happen in Fort Worth today. Um, 
it's really real close to home, uh, less than 10 miles from here. Um, we had a shooter open fire in a church um, in West Fort Worth, White Settlement, um, at the West uh, Freeway Church. And uh, it just really made me want to bring up a discussion and what are we, what are we doing here? What, what's going on in this country? Why are we we're missing so much here? the discussions that we need to have, uh, what can we do, because it's not about us anymore, uh, it's about our future generation, our children's children, you know, our great-great-grandchildren, it's a legacy that we're going to leave behind. Um, I worry about my child going to school every day, um, I worry about uh, the incidents happening, happening in the public place where I'm at family members had, uh, even on my ID for work, uh, to go in usually on the back of your card, or there'll be a separate card that has uh, information about contacting HR, or in case of an emergency, contact this phone number. On mine, it's uh, active shooter instructions and what to do in that kind of situation. Um, I heard a comment earlier from the FBI talking about this has just become commonplace in this country, and that really disturbed me. Um, we're being caught up in the divide of the sheep. We're all caught up in our own personal beliefs and differences, and it makes it very difficult for us to stand up as a solid group, as Americans, and push for reform, push for change, for the greater good, of not only the nation, but the world. Um, we are leaders and, and seen as uh, leaders throughout the world as far as economy and um, uh, freedom. And one of the conversations that we need to be having, what, what's the example that we need to be having? Um, we all need to come together and figure this out. A few people in Congress aren't going to be able to do this. It's going to be the everyday people. All of us come together, and I feel very strong about this. Um, the legacy that we're, the course we're on for our legacy right now is a good one. Um, we've had the most mass shootings in history in this country um, in 2019, and we're rearing the end of it. And that ticker's going to start over. So we're going to have to that number, or are we going to get that down to zero and start um, working on these real problems that, that are very much so ignored? I mean, they're talked about, but uh, mental health is, uh, is a huge issue, uh, homelessness is a huge issue, drug addiction is a huge issue, stress in general for all of us is a huge issue, and I don't think that there's enough being done about this. Um, our politicians are wrapped up in fighting with each other instead of working together. Um, a lot of us, and I'm guilty of this too, being wrapped up in my own personal issues, in my own beliefs, and not spreading that message of, of acceptance and kindness, and love, understanding, um, and doing whatever I can to even the stranger up and make his day a little better. Um, little things go a long way. 
So I have, absolutely like everybody else, I have a lot of questions and I don't have answers. I can't do this by myself and I realize that. Um, but I'm willing to set aside my differences to, to whoever and work with whoever to get a handle on this and make some serious change in this country. Um, you know, I mean, I'm guilty of just saying, well, there's a cause over here I can donate to and just throwing money at this isn't going to be enough. Our voices are what's needed. Our time is what's needed. And uh, taking saying that there's anything wrong with any of this stuff or some of the stuff that we already have in place in this country for um, mental health and homelessness and um, uh, stress reduction uh, there's a lot of good things that are in place um, and I'm, I'm real dumb to these issues I'm a Neanderthal I'm a meathead and I haven't been paying close enough attention to uh really truly understand I was reading just a little bit earlier um, on Google and Googling how many mass shootings we've had um, where did they take place um, how many deaths have there been I mean, we're up 211 deaths and one is too many so I am sorry people that me personally I feel like I have failed my countrymen and I feel like I'm failing my children and your children and our future generations by being so ignorant of this. And if you take anything away from this, I just want you to know that I'm here, I'm ready. If somebody has an idea that where we can unify people and bring people together for this common good, if, if there's not a better cause to do this, um, then what is gonna be this is this, this is our future history and in, in, in history and, and read about this generation and go wow out of all the rest of the generations these guys pushed and tried really tried to get things done and make things right um, so I pledge to all of you that I am going to do whatever I can um, 
to make significant change. And um, I, if I uh, can't on my own find ways to do this, um, I hope I'm inspired by somebody else because I'm not the only one that feels this way. I, I know I'm not. Um, I want all of us to, to speak out and, and be heard. And that's the biggest thing is who's listening when we're all um, when the out public is, is having a huge outcry, who is listening? And that's what we need to all come together and all be on the same page with this. Um, we're not all going to agree at first on, on reform and what we need to do, but the fact that we all feel strongly about this and we're willing to come together because it's not about Democrat, Republican, Independent. It's, it's not about that anymore. This is, this is about your children. It's the most important and precious thing that we have is future generations. And the example that we show now is the example they're going to follow. We have a, a, a very unique opportunity right now to make change and sudden and dramatic change in this country. So um, I'm pleading for please Let's find a way to get everybody, and I mean every single person in this country, together to make significant dynamic change that is going to help um, generation after generation after generation. Um, we're not going to, this is going to be a long road. It's not going to happen overnight, and uh, hopefully the, if that all of this just brings us together is really what the point of this is. This is what taken away. I just, nothing else matters right now. Um, our, the state of our union right now, we're in dire straits and need the dire reform. Um, so let's have these conversations. Let's come together and uh, make this happen. Um, I'm here for anybody that needs to talk. Um, I don't, I don't care what it's about. If it's going to help you in your life and lift you up, if there's something I can do to help you, um, please reach out to me. Um, slimbabes at gmail.com. Um, I am here in Fort Worth, Texas. So anybody that, I mean, even if you just need to talk to get something off your chest, I am here. Um, Stedman Graham on Instagram. Um, you can get me on Facebook um, under Stephen M. Faber. Uh, friend request me and we can private message video chat if we need to meet up in person. Um, but anything I can do to help anybody out there and really prove that um, I'm here for you. I'm here for the whole collective. And uh, I, I wish the rest of this year start gaining traction and momentum to uh, help change some things. Let's not be in fear going out in public worrying about our children going to school. Let's change all of that and we have the power to do it. It's not going to be the people um, in the White House that are going to make these changes for us and we're going to have to demand these changes and give uh, specific instruction for what we want done 
or it's not going to happen. Uh, these things are going to get worse and worse and worse. Um, I suffer with mental illness myself. I am bipolar. Um, I also have PTSD. You know, I understand. I'm an ex-drug addict. Um, I've been sober for uh, from heroin over 10 years now. And uh, I understand a lot of things I've been through. I had a pretty uh, bad upbringing myself, you know. Uh, with my parents, uh, I've had some real bad stuff happen uh, with my dad and my mom. So um, the angles that anybody can come at me with, I'm, I'm, you're not going to catch me off guard, and I'm willing to talk about those things and share with you my experiences, um, even if it's sitting down. Uh, if I can help somebody learn how to play guitar, uh, uh, work on a car, um, I, I'm, I'm good at. DIY fixes on the house as a carpenter or roofer. Um, if there's things I can do to help this community and educate people, um, I'm here to do it. Uh, music was a huge, huge savior for me. So being able to pass that down to somebody else, uh, I believe would be a good help. Somebody that's going down the same road I was, uh, it, it really can't change your life and change the way you think. so much better than this and let's not be caught up in ourselves anymore I am guilty of it myself but I things need to change I don't want to see this happen anymore and I know as one person I can't do this alone so let's get these foundations going let's get the traction going um, in our local state and uh, federal government get the paperwork and this is what I'm asking help with I don't know where to start I don't know how to do these things um, but I'm willing to do them I'm willing to learn um, I'm willing to um, think above the uh, the dynamic that's going on in the United States right now where we're bickering and fighting over stupid stuff and I understand the stresses um, the money's going, you know, the cost of living's going up and our wages are going down. Um, we're not valued as workers. I mean, these are um, serious problems that are going on in this country um, that aren't being resolved. They're getting worse. Um, the backs of the bruise are tired of getting stepped on for somebody to get that extra dollar, and I'm one of them. So I'm here for you. Power to the people. Let's do this stuff. And like I said, I love each and every one of you. So let's make ourselves heard. Get some dynamic change going on in this country. Alright. Fam up. That hate needs to go down. Um, Stephen Michael Faber. Check out Something's Up with Stephen. Um, like I said, we're a comedian and uh, the class clown. This is heavy on my mind. That's why I've been going on this 15-minute rant, being redundant, I'm serious about this. Um, so if you see this video, uh, reach out to me, especially if you have um, knowledge into how we can gain traction, uh, local, state, and federally. Um, not just right in our congressmen, but we need to come together in large groups in every major city, every little town. We all need to unite and, you know, 
that go with arms across the world right now to make this change happen. So let's do this. Let's all come together. I love each and every one of you. I'm Stephen Michael Faber. What's up, guys? This is Steven with Something's Up with Steven. We have a special sponsor for today's episode. Um, These guys are awesome. They were just out at my house and just through talking with them and working with them, became today's segment sponsor, so I really want to thank them. Um, We are talking about Fresh Air Solutions. Uh, They do full-service duct cleaning, and these guys are awesome. Reduces allergy symptoms, improves indoor air quality, improves airflow, which leads to lower heating and air conditioning bills, and you're just going to breathe fresh air. I mean, they've got guys that know what they're doing they can check your system whether it be the furnace hvac panel they're going to take pictures before and after so you really know i mean how bad those ducks were um if um since duct work is just often it's located you know in your walls it's up in the ceiling in your attic it's just easy to forget forget about it neglect it and next thing you know you're breathing in stuff that you really if you can see inside those ducts, you don't want to be breathing it in, people. And uh, just having this routine uh, duct clean perform, uh, which has potential to cause long-term problems with indoor air quality, um, just having it done will change your life. It smells so much better in my house, and it was quick. It was painless. Uh, these guys aren't going to hit you with hidden bills. Um, they're really straightforward, and they were awesome to work with. Um, I want you guys to call them. They have the greatest equipment. Uh, they vacuum. They hook up to your vacuum main line and draw more than 20,000 cubic foot per minute through the entire air distribution system and then blow compressed air, which is 350 pounds per square inch, through each duct to get 100% cleaning result. Then sanitization. Um, they get the, And right now, if you book the service, you get free sanitization process as well. They've got, like I said, trained workers. They send out two guys. It's not going to be one guy struggling to do it. These guys are on point. They were in and out, hassle-free. Um, they clean all your ducts. The system, top to bottom, all the way to the basement. If you don't have a basement, it is right to your system uh, where it begins and ends. They, they get it top to bottom. Whether you got a three-story house, two-story house, one-story house, it, they're getting it all. They do all the hot and cold lines. Um, all the main lines, return lines, and snapshot before and after, like I said. The free sanitization service, they do uh, J-panel cleaning. They um, inspect your AC free of cost and free inspection of your furnace. No hookup charges, no hidden charges, no prevent charges. Um, so get your duct system clean at a reasonable price uh, and just get a hold of them. I'm going to have the links also um, in the description and you guys can get a hold of me if I went through this too fast and I can give you um, their information. Uh, we're talking about Fresh Air Solutions. That is HTTPS colon backslash backslash freshairsolutions.puzl.com and get a hold of Ben. 
469-906-0260. That is Fresh Air Solutions. Thank you guys again for sponsoring this segment. Um, You're awesome, and thank you for coming out and making my place smell so much better.